He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. To infinity and beyond! No crying? There's no crying in baseball! Hello, folks, and welcome back to Know Your Cinema, your favorite movie podcast. I am your host, Jason Quinn, and with me, as always, is my uh, co-host, the King of the Ring, Mr. Devlin Clemens. Uh, Hello, everyone. This is a bonus episode of Know Your Cinema, where we are going through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. So if this is the first one that's popped up for you, and you feel like taking the journey with us, please go back and listen to our, our Iron Man episode or any of our other previously fantastic episodes as well. But uh, you can start at Iron Man and keep catch all the way up to us, or you can start here and keep on trucking with Phase 2. So we are reviewing Iron Man 3 today. This is uh, this is a movie that I think we both have seen, correct? Yes, I've seen it in theaters. Um, so who wants to take this? You want to go first? You want I, to- I, I, yeah, I can go. So this movie is is kind of it's on almost on the level of episode nine of star wars really not in the sense of not in the sense of how star wars started out but it just feels like a big disappointment okay you know you understand what i'm saying like the movie the movie itself a lot of the things that are within this film are good but there's a lot in this movie that's really bad. The 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 Mandarin storyline is really bad in this movie. And I that's my biggest problem with it is because it 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 180s you in a way that it shouldn't. The potential was there to be great for this film with that particular storyline and then they kind of yanked the rug out from underneath you in a bad way so i have i have a very big problem with that and i don't know much about the the mandarin storyline i didn't really know a lot my friends were rather upset about the movie when i first watched it but then i went and read up what they were talking about and i was like okay now i understand why you're upset but to be fair with this movie, it does have a lot of the endearing qualities that Iron Man has. I also don't like that it feels like an end to Tony Stark's character. I, I like they 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 cut it off too soon, so to speak. I yeah. I, I don't like that portion of it. 
it it feels like an end and i don't like that i don't like because we have subsequent films that he's in and it, it, again it doesn't feel right this movie has a very odd feel to it when you when you get down to it again, and again the acting in this film is super good the action is super good it has the things you want in an iron man movie there's just aspects of it where i'm like I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. It does not feel natural. Like, the Avengers felt so good. Like, when you watch it, it felt right. The previous Iron Men felt felt good, felt natural. This one just feels like, it's almost like, feels like Thor. It almost feels like episode nine of Star Wars. And I, I it doesn't leave a bad taste in my mouth, so to speak, but it just, it irks me in a way when I watch it. I'm like, I don't go back to it and watch it again. Like, it's one of those ones where I just kind of like, eh, toss it to the side. I, I actually feel like I had a much different experience than you um, watching. I, you, I had that experience the first time I watched it. Now, I know that they are actually resurrecting the character of the Mandarin in the Marvel Universe as the actual version of him in the movie shang chi in the legend of the ten rings so it's supposed he's actually supposed to be in that like the actual version of the character um but it's like that old saying you only get one chance to do something right the first time well but we're also not getting like we're not getting like the ben kingsley version where it's like the old kind of version we're supposed to be getting like the actual version of it um which is, I mean, which is fine. But I actually, I read the comic books that, like, the actual storyline that the extremist story is ripped from. Um, that whole plot. I mean, it's actually just called Iron Man Extremist. I mean, you can read it yourself. Um, <clears throat> I read that part, and uh, I've read that that whole little series there, and a, a big portion of the Invincible Iron Man series, which is what most of these Iron Man movies are based off of. And um, I had a big gripe going into this because I felt like the extremist story and everything that it had going for it was such a better story than what they gave us here. But I found myself enjoying the movie a lot more this time and just kind of like letting all of that go. So I had a better viewing experience this time around than I did the last time. And um, I don't know, I, I appreciated, I found, I found some appreciation in this movie. Um, a lot of it, I think, has to do with some of the, some of the stuff that's in this movie does have an impact on later Marvel movies. And I didn't, at the time, realize it, but like retroactively, I can kind of put those pieces together and they make more sense to me and they mean a little bit more um and honestly going forward with the way that the mcu looks like it might be headed they might need even more <clears throat> um so I, I don't know i found i found this movie to be you know pretty decently enjoyable i think that you know taking away the mandarin and making him more of just like a uh, you know a upon 
is is kind of bullshit, but at the same time, if Marvel, you know, if Marvel all along knew that they weren't going to make the Mandarin this huge, big bad that he needed to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if he was only going to ever really appear in this one movie, then I personally rather them rather them you know give us a little bit of a bullshit pull the rug out from underneath us and then later on give us the actual version of the character um the way that they're doing it right now because you know he deserves a little bit more screen time than a lot of the a lot of the villains up until this point other us you know like loki aside were basically other than like red skull um we're kind of who gives a shit villains you know what i mean they're like eh like whatever like we can have them or, or not it doesn't fucking matter um but like the mandarin was like one of the first big big villains other than like i said red skull that they showed that was like a marvel villain and so <clears throat> for them to kind of pull the rogue out from underneath us yeah that definitely sucks but i i don't know i i've never really I personally haven't read a whole lot of Mandarin comics like with him in it. So it didn't really affect me in the way that it did a lot of people. I know a lot of people were super pissed about that. Um, but I don't know. It didn't have that effect on me. And I know that, like I said, we're, I know we're supposed to be getting the legitimate version. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to experience that. Um, I, just, I, I, I guess, I guess I'm just, I guess I just feel like that, you know, why even include it? Why even, why even go that route? Why not just create a villain or, you know, actually use an, a, a, another villain for that particular, you can get to it a different way, but to, it's a very integral villain in the Marvel, Marvel universe, you know, and, and that's, that's the thing is like why 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 go that route for this particular film, especially if you were going to quote end the Iron Man series, so to speak. The reason why they end the Iron Man series, I'm pretty sure, is just because uh, Robert Downey Jr. is making too much money. No, and I understand that. I'm just you know, I, I, but I'm I'm just saying why you made seventy five million dollars off the fucking Endgame. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why 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 do that? type of storyline if you're just going to you know you're going to flounder an opportunity to have one of the best marvel villains that i i like i said not being a marvel guy like my friends talk about them and like they they ruin that chance and like i said i had to go back and do some research and and read up on it because i was in the dark about this particular villain but the hardcore Marvel fans that I associate with, they are they were like, oh my god, I can't believe they did this. So I see their point in it, and I think that's like I said, that's why even watching this one, it's like um, I I almost refer it to the the Spider Man three, the Tobey Maguire version, where you know we they had an opportunity to do to do the right thing by Venom, and they didn't do it, and they still haven't technically got the Venom character correct. And that and that's a they're doing better. Well, yeah, they're doing better, but I mean 
you know, better and getting it right are two different things, but you know, the casting, the casting was completely wrong there. And then the story was garbage. I mean, it, you know, it's, it, it's the thing is like a lot of people forget everyone wants to shit on DC, but Marvel's had some, some shit movies that they've put out. They're not saying this is shit completely, but you know, when the story is, is going along great. And then you hit the 180 and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's not a good swerve. It's like a bad swerve. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think that they, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that if I was, if I was one of the people that, that knew the story of the Mandarin and I was expecting to get the Mandarin, like they were painting that picture that I wouldn't be pissed because I look at this the same way I look at, um, like if I was looking at this through the same lens that I was looking at, um, what's that? Unglorious Bastards, right? Inglorious Bastards. So the whole the whole movie was painted as we were getting a Mandarin movie in Iron Man three, just like the the whole Inglorious Bastards movie was. I was was painted as I'm about to watch Brad Pitt fight Nazis, and that's going to be fucking dope. And so when I got the movie that I got, I was disappointed. And so I can understand why people would be disappointed in this movie. I just, I found my, and I was the first time around, but for completely different reasons, because I didn't really know too much about the Mandarin when I watched it, but I knew a whole lot about the Iron Patriot and about extremists. And I felt like they didn't do a great job with both of those things. Um, But I do see at least some of the references that they were trying to make because with the Iron Patriot thing and with the extremist thing, there's a there's a pivotal character that they couldn't use in this movie, um, and they would have had to do a whole lot of <laughs> fucking work to get him even in, in involved. But Norman Osborn is a huge character involved in the extremist series and the Iron Patriot thing. So without Norman Osborn being able to be a character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, at this point anyway it was going to be a letdown for me because they weren't going to be able to pull it off. So they did the best that they could with what they had um, in terms of making those two things work. But I just, I don't know. I think they, I think that there's definitely some, some shortcomings to it. I'm not going to say this is a pretty, a perfect movie, but I did enjoy the time that I spent watching it. I think that the revenge plot that both of those Two people, the, the 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 girl that had the one night stand with Tony, and then the the guy that runs AIM had with with uh, Tony, with like just standing him up or whatever. I feel like it's kind of insane to be honest that you would have so much hate towards a person for one fucking night. Like that just seems insane to me. Yeah. Like it just seems like to me that seems you're holding, like you, you're holding a grudge for that long. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, sure, Tony was a dick and didn't come up and see you on the rooftop, or sure, Tony had a one-night stand with you, but, like, I mean, what the fuck did you... Like, if you're the girl that's having the one-night stand with Tony Stark, first off, I'm sorry to say it, but, like, under no circumstances has Tony Stark ever been painted as a perfect fucking human being in any way, shape, or form. Anybody that was at that party with Tony Stark knew who the fuck they were fucking with. You know what I mean? So they knew that she should have known that if she was going upstairs with Tony Stark, that she wasn't going to have, if, if that's the situation where you go up and you expect a one night stand and then maybe you're lucky and you don't get the fucking one night stand situation. 
maybe you have you know developed a, a, a good personal connection and you don't go to that route but you you should in un, all circumstances expect that tony stark is going to be a douchebag and sleep with you and leave that's pretty much what he said he was going to do beforehand like he basically laid that shit out and right. then she just was like well but i'm not gonna you know like i'm sorry but th- you get what you pay for in that case and then as far as the other guy getting upset the tony you know coming up to the rooftop or whatever but like i can see you being upset i can see that hitting hard and i can see that little bit of like him saying like it was a motivational thing and him saying that it was like a depressing thing like i can see all of that but to take it to the extreme that he went to i just don't see it because it's not it's not like Tony was a bully for him for his entire life or some shit like right. that. It was just one drunken interaction at a fucking in an elevator. And that's the reason why you're like, oh, I'm about to blow your fucking world up. Like, right. I'm sorry. That just doesn't seem logical to me. No, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right when it comes to that, that part of the story. And you're 110% correct. And that, uh, the 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 why in the in the revenge portion of things it doesn't make sense um it 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 is a it is a poorly built story from that aspect of things that that does hurt it um and and that's the kickoff and that's the that's the thing that you your plot that you're trying to build there so that's hard to swallow in that portion of things this movie like i said this movie has a lot of bad qualities to it but also has a, a lot of good qualities as well i don't want to i don't want to sit here and just shit on the movie because it was it, it's still entertaining in a way outside of the normal things that keep me involved in a movie um because the characters that they've built for over the past four movies are still you know interesting so it's uh and and, and their relationships and their uh, dynamics with each other you know even the relationship with pepper and and tony stark is more is more illustrated here and then the relationship with uh tony and the uh the war machine so it 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 all kind of you know it, it it's it's like window dressing so to speak so it's it's hard you know it's hard to 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 not like this movie but it's also it's really easy just to point out its flaws too. Yeah, I mean it's it's like it's a fun it's a fun roller coaster ride, but you can see that the bolts are loose. Yes, you know what I mean. So it's like you know you enjoy your time being on there, but you're like eh, it's a little bit questionable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it it is. It took me a minute to figure out who that first girl was that. Uh, that's that tony had the one night stand was but she was in um the town she was the love interest in the town it took me a minute to figure it out Mm. and i love the throwback that they do in that that switzerland scene with the doctor that saves tony's life in the cave later on i thought you know i was like it's like i'm pretty sure that's the fucking doctor from the cave in the first it is i thought I, i was i was damn sure and that, that's one thing that I got to say that the MCU does so well is the details. They do really good detail work. Mm-hmm. They will put like a small detail in this movie um, that pays off, you know, 10 movies down the road. And that's one of the things that I really enjoy about the MCU overall is like it, 
they're interconnected, but in like some brilliantly small ways. And like, I really appreciate that. And it, like, there's a, there's a thing that is in this movie that doesn't pay off again until end game. And that's, to me, that's fucking cool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's we're talking what fucking 15 movies down the road. (laughs) So. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's also, you know, a part in this movie, you know, where Tony has to basically like, he has to grunt it. He has to like go back to, you know, being, the Tony that he originally was where he's, you know, he's, he, you know, he's a mechanic. So he, you know, he has to build things from the ground up and he has to, he has to, he has to go out and go to home Depot and, and buy a bunch of the stuff and, and without his suit. So, you know, he, he, he takes on a different kind of role in this film as well of being that guy. So I enjoy that as well. I enjoy that as well. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of uh, the storyline that's in the comic books that this is based off of, that parts mm-hmm. of this are based off of, takes place after Civil War in the comics. So there's a lot of, there's some detail pieces that happen in this movie that probably would have been, had they, had it been after Civil War, could have probably been like a little bit more of an interesting thing um and you would have maybe seen a little bit different motivation out of tony than what we got here right which to me the the motivation that you get in the comics for him going through things like this like what what happens on the screen here Mm. is a little bit more intense and it's a lot more like i you know it just hits a lot harder in my opinion Right. No, I understand. I understand completely. I just, I guess I just like the, the dialed down version of Tony in this, the, the little bit more of humanity to Tony. I like to, I like to see that growth in, in him. It's part of the character. To me, it's part of character development and growth and showing more of a, a, a side of Tony that we wouldn't think we would see and that really the public doesn't see. Because it's not like Tony's going out and saying, you know, I'm doing all this good and I'm being kind to this ch- this kid and helping this kid out and, you know, trying to do, you know do the right thing without actually having to like, you know, you know, posterize it over, you know, and tell everybody, oh yeah, look what I did for this kid and et cetera, et cetera. So I I think it's because what I find interesting about it is is in a lot of people that are in positions of power like that or or like rich people or whatever. A lot of times you see them bragging about the things that they're doing, the good deeds that they do. Mm-hmm. But what I think is interesting is Tony almost wants that asshole persona to continue. Yeah. He doesn't want he doesn't want people to try to see him as this person that should be idolized. He he wants people to see him as like a huge douchebag mm-hmm. and you should keep your distance and just let Iron Man do his thing. And like even though at his core, Tony's a good dude. Like right. he's just he just got his own demons. Yeah, I mean, well, everybody does, you know. And that's and but Tony is 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 kind of a private private guy. He just he understands the responsibility, and now a lot of his life is public, and he tries to keep as much close to the vest as he possibly can. 
and that you know that's something that he struggles with is that you know he he doesn't just want to be iron man he wants to be tony as well but he's put he's thrust himself into that position where he everybody knows he's iron man and so now he's in the in the spotlight in the public light but he he also revels in it too so he kind of gets everything that he wants all wrapped up in the one well, he's what's interesting is honestly, there's very few characters in the in the Avengers that have any kind of anonymity at all. Like, they're all very, but they're all they're all not. They they all don't have Tony's per- personality. They all right. They, I mean, the yeah, Hulk has Steve... to be a recluse because of his, you know, because of the anger. He has to kind of fade in out in and out of the spotlight because of that you know thor is you know from another dimension another world and is technically a god so cap is from another time so it's you know he you know he has all that adjusting that he has to do too and but and, and he was in the spotlight at one point in time and then taken out and pulled back in. So everybody's got their own little thing with with what they've got going on. Again, like I said in previous episodes, you can you can latch on to whomever you feel you connect with on on whether it's Justice League or it's the Avengers, you can you can latch on to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of the characters are super relatable in this in in the entire MCU, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 like I said, I enjoyed this. I, I had a, I had a fun I'm not, time. No, I'm it. not saying that I didn't enjoy the movie. I'm not. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that you didn't. It's just, you know, doing a review podcast and we review movies, you have to be, you have to give the good with the bad. And we, there's movies on the list that we have that I'm going to have honest reviews about not to just say all oh, these are my favorite movies these are movies that i enjoy coming back to i'm gonna say hey this is the problem with this movie you know we just did harlem nights and i love that movie but there's flaws within that movie in my opinion and someone else could watch me like oh this movie's shit well that's that's your opinion that's how you look at things through your lenses when i watch iron man 3 i think of like the hype that was you know built up for this and then I also think about when we went and watched episode nine and how we were excited to see this final installment of this saga that we've all grown up with. And then to be thoroughly disappointed within the first 30 seconds of this movie. And then it slowly just goes downhill from there. Yeah. Oh man. That's a good one too. Like if anybody's listening to this and wants to hear us rip apart a movie. And and that and it killed me to do that because, you know, the last Star Wars movie that I had seen was uh, Rogue One, and I was like, God, Rogue One is so fucking good. And then like they came out with that, and I'm like, what in the shit? Right out the gate, like, and that was the most disappointing thing. Is like you just told me the whole plot of the movie and. Like we're we're thirty seconds into this son of a bitch. Like I don't, it, and that was that was and you know with this with the Iron Man getting back to that not to go on a tire you know tirade about uh, episode nine but 
this movie had such potential within that storyline and then again they swerve you in a way that they shouldn't have swerved you i think a big portion of it is is honestly they shouldn't have stopped making iron man movies that too i mean because there's so much potential that iron man has as an individual to make individual movies and i understand why they did it from a financial standpoint because Robert Downey Jr. had one of the greatest fucking contractual deals in all of cinematic history um, with the MCU, but it uh, I understand why they said so they stopped it from that reason, but uh, I can there's so much opportunity that they could have they could have really taken what happened in this movie and split it into three different movies with you know one with him rebuilding himself and having to you know start from the ground up that that could have been an entire movie in its own right there could have been because that whole scenario goes uh there's a whole comic book series based on that whole situation that happens after the civil war and they could have gone that route with it they could have done the extremist thing and made it it's its own completely separate movie and been exactly what it needed to be. And then they could have given the Mandarin his own fucking movie um, and made him the actual legitimate villain that he needed to be. They could have easily done that, but instead it, they kind of, you know, put three movies together and made, <laughs> and kind of crammed it together and made it work the best they could, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you, you say that now, and, and that's it, it does feel like that. It, it does honestly feel like that when you think about after you've watched the movie it feels exactly like that and you know like i said i just don't i i don't want to just completely shit on this movie because again like i said there there are parts of this movie that are like okay this is really cool this is really good you know this part of the story is awesome but you know you 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 pointing out different flaws in the movie too and i'm like okay he makes sense there that absolutely makes sense with the story i just you know I, I I think it hurts me more that I I I don't I I did I don't didn't enjoy this Iron Man the way I enjoyed the other two, and it was just kind of a slow gradual downhill from the first one. The first one's phenomenal, and then we just you know we kind of go we start going downhill, and it's almost like they phoned it in and they were just like eh, eh the hell with it. I mean, I, I don't know that I would necessarily say that they specifically phoned it in, but I can definitely not not like the actors or the anything like that, but it ha it has that feel. I'm not saying that it was, but it feels that way. Does it make sense? Yeah, I mean I it's kinda like it's kinda like you know how w when we reviewed the Batmans and we watched, you know, uh the first one the not 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 keaton version but the dark the first dark night batman begins we were all like we forgot how great that movie was just as almost as good as as two as the second one is the dark night but then when we watched three we're like okay what the fuck like it just kind of fell off a cliff yeah that's what i mean by by I get that same feeling when watching that one. Like, yeah, and it's the same with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man too. Like, the first one's not too bad. The second one's really pretty damn good, and then the third one's got Topher Grace's Venom. 
Yeah. And it just, it falls off the cliff. It's like, you know, we, it's, it's, it's known in the movie circles that it's hard to make good sequels because you're ultimately trying to live up to the original. It's very hard to do that. There's very few movies where you can look at them and you can go, okay, the sequel is better than the original or it's equal. You know, we can say that about the dark Knight and Batman begins because they're, they're two completely different movies and what they're trying to establish there. In the third, it feels like it feels almost like the same as the last one and how it was how the direction of everything was kind of law it felt like it was getting lost it's the same thing with these iron man movies we we progressively start going downhill on everything that's being portrayed in front of us on screen and that that it hurts me as someone who loves cinema and loves to see these characters and these stories and try to keep it as pure as possible to the storylines or the comics and, and, and whatever. And again, like I said, a lot of people don't think Marvel has stinkers. They have a ton of stinkers. They're just not as many stinkers as the DC movie. These are the DC side of things. I would say that they don't have a, they don't have a ton of stinkers. stinkers. Um, I would say there's like the Eric Banner Hulk. <clears throat> that's not their movie. It's, it's a Marvel character. Right, but that's the thing. That's I'm saying Marvel made movies are not there's not a whole bunch of stinkers because Marvel licensed out characters and they made a bunch. But of we, we we've literally we we've literally talked about how we didn't think Thor was as good as it should have been. We've thought we were talking about this movie is how it's really not as good as it should have been. You know. Yeah, I think there's three stinkers in the Marvel universe, and it just so happens that they're all very early on movies. Yeah. I don't think that I don't think from Winter Soldier on that there is a bad movie in the MCU. Okay. Okay. And I honestly think that Iron Man 1 and 2 are really good and I think Captain America was phenomenal. Yes. Well, I'm not, I'm not, we we haven't disagreed on that, you know. I just like I said I just think that from a from a perspective of looking at this and we're doing these Marvel movies that we have to point out the bad ones or at least the ones that didn't live up to what it was or what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying Iron Man three, I think is a movie that the, the biggest problem with it is like what I personally think the biggest problem is, is is that they, they cut off the Iron Man character too soon with its own with his own movies that he should have had more of individual outings as Iron Man. And as a result, there was a lot of things that they probably really would have loved to do with the character that they just couldn't do, uh, knowing that they were only going to do one more movie. So they tried to cram as much of that shit into one movie as they could. And then we got this. I got you. All right. Well, moving on, let's talk about our favorite scenes. favorite scenes um i really found i really found the the final battle scene where he's jumping in and out of armors and all that stuff i found that to be a really enjoyable uh scene personally i think that that was really cool i liked the um i liked the fact that tony wasn't winning that fight he was barely surviving 
even though he had a lot of odds in his favor as far as like there was like what fucking 10 dudes with the extremist stuff going on and then he's got 41 fucking robots (laughs) on his side and so he should have i mean the odds were looking pretty damn in tony's favor but he really barely scrapes scrapes by on it and i think that that shows a lot of humility in in terms of the character and that i think that that the fact that he barely scraped by really helps rein in that he is not so fucking invincible yeah and i like to i like to go a little bit before that in in my favorite scene when uh they come after tony in his house after Tony put out his address was basically, you know, being cocky Tony Stark and they're like, all right, fine. We're coming for you. And that whole scene is, is really good. Um, in a, in a, in a, in a filming sense and how they did it with the green screens and, and, uh, you know, with him putting the suit on pepper and, and uh that whole just it's it's very dramatic in the sense of like everything tony had was was in that house and it's just now it's at the bottom of the ocean and now he's going to start all over it's kind of a kind of that that feeling to it um but it's a really to me it's a really well done scene because there's not a lot of dialogue in it um it's just an it's it's more visual it's more action just to kind of and it illustrates a big point within the movie. So I really enjoyed that one. It does have some really good action set pieces in this, like yes. the, the scene where they're all kicked out of the helicopter or the, the plane as well. And he's diving down, trying to catch everybody doing the barrel of monkeys thing. Yeah. That scene is really cool too. Like yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of times in this movie where there's just a lot of really cool things to see. Yes. Um, and so visually this movie is does a really good job. All right, favorite quote. Uh my favorite quote is uh, by a henchman. He says, "Honestly, I hate working here. They're so weird." <laughs> As he's putting down his like that, yeah. shit. That shit was super fucking funny. Um <clears throat> mine is from when Tony was fighting in the diner and uh to keep Brandt out, he says, "You walked right into this one. I've dated hotter chicks than you." And she says, "Is that all you've got? A cheap, cheap trick and a cheesy one-liner?" And Tony says, "Sweetheart, that could be the name of my autobiography." Yeah, that is a good one. I loved the henchman line so much because I never understand why henchmen are just like, "I'm about to put my name, my my head on the line here for." whatever like it's never made any sense to me in like almost every movie that involves henchmen while they're just like i'm gonna rush in here and get killed by the big the the good guy but like to see somebody finally be like dude i am this is just a fucking job for me like (laughs) that shit was super funny yeah it um i think it's just a uh it's like uh, they're they're almost paid security detail a lot of times, but then you get like the the upper henchmen that are like the specialists. The thing in this case, you know, the he the the character um, is, it, is it Guy Ritchie? Who is it? Guy Ritchie? Who's the, who's the main bad guy in this? What's his name? I can't think of it off the top of my head. 
Hold on, it's um, uh, Killian Guy Pierce. I think it's because you know he he took people that had lost limbs and you know and given them a power and was able to rebuild them. Like it made it brainwashes people, so a lot of times you know, they feel a sense of loyalty, and that's you know, they're going to do what they got to do to stop you know whomever. We don't get to see that. That uh, dynamic between the villains and the henchmen, we don't get the. They don't bring that in the story a lot of times. Where the reasons why they're doing what they're doing, they're just right. there. They just appear. Which is why I just found it funny that they just had that. Oh no, I, I I I get it. I agree. I totally understand what you're saying. Um, favorite performance. Uh. I don't think I can give. I'm trying to think. I'm like, is there anybody that outperformed Robert Downey Jr. in this movie? No, no, he's I been the, the kid. I think the kid does a damn good job, though. Yeah, the, the kid's good. Simmons. He's like a little mini Tony Stark. He's got a he's got a smart mouth and he's a little cocky. Yeah, his name's Ty Simpkins. He's he's pretty fucking good. Like as far as like a childhood actor competing for attention in scenes with Robert Downey Jr. And he actually has one of the other lines that was kind of my runner-up was like uh, the interaction where he's le- Tony's leaving him or whatever, and he's like, "Are you just gonna leave me like my dad did?" And then he's like, "Yeah," <laughs> like like that fucking that little interaction with the kid was super fucking funny to me. Um, but like I don't know, I think that the kid the kid does a damn good job, and he's solid. He would be a solid runner-up in my opinion, but. Uh, it's got to be Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I'm going to go Robert Downey Jr. as well. He's taking the clean sweep on all these uh, movies that we've done. I think that he he does phenomenal work in the Iron Man movies and bringing that character to life. You know, I can't I can't say anything bad about his portrayal of anything. So it's definitely him. Um, moving forward, ratings. I'm going to give this movie a 7 I enjoyed it while I was watching it um, and it would have probably been a little bit higher had I rated it before I started dissecting it and talking about it um, but the more I you know, went through it there's a lot of plot hole things that they could have fixed in this and they could have probably, like I said, split a lot of this storyline into multiple movies and made a better movies out of each one of those storylines. I think I'm right there with you with the seven. I think that it's it's good for what it is, but there's a lot of bad and the saving a lot of saving graces is Robert Downey Jr. and the action scenes um and how it's filmed. I can't say story wise this is and that's what hurts it a lot of it. Yeah. So now I'm in agreement with you on the seven. I think it's, I think that's right where it needs to be. Yeah. All right. Well, Jason, um, would you like to tell the fine folks uh, what we are watching next week for the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, before we get to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, next week we have on Tuesday a episode covering Gridiron Gang, which. I'm looking forward to. 
And then right after that, on Thursday, we will be covering Thor The Dark World. So that's a movie we're going to watch. Yes, looking forward to watching uh, Thor Dark World again. I haven't watched it in a while, so I'm going to dive into that one here soon. Um, But uh, yes, again, we're going to have on Tuesday, we're going to be watching and reviewing Gridiron Gang. And on next Thursday, we're going to be uh, reviewing Thor The Dark World. Um, So for me, Devlin Clemens here at Know Your Cinema Podcast, we like to leave you with our uh, favorite sayings, mine being uh, from my best friend. He uh, loved the Detroit Tigers, hated the Minnesota Twins. And he had this saying, and it goes like this. Uh, All is right in the world today, folks. I always like to go out on my favorite movie quote of all time, which is never take life too seriously because you'll never make it out alive. All right, folks, we will see you next week.